0: Today's episode of the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. We're going to be talking about some uh, women's basketball, men's basketball and the baseball team. More sadness, John. Sadly, I don't think I'll just start with the sad music again because I think, you know, I think we've moved on from the stages of grief. I think we've just kind of accepted that, you know, it's just part of being a K-State fan. But uh, how about more generally, John, how are you?
1: I'm doing better than I did last weekend. I, and I think part of that is because I don't have to wear any masks on campus anymore. I'm just, well, that part, that was just the ultimate peak uh, of the week. That rhymed. That should, should be Dr. Seuss all of a sudden. There you uh, go. <laughs> uh, but it, was, it has been a disappointing last couple of days for K-State sports. I think the only win came against Bakersfield on Sunday uh Out of all the sports that we've seen so far, well, the major sports we've seen so far, so not not really the best in that on that on that term. So, yeah, what tennis won, right? They play Nebraska. I I don't keep up. Yep. With tennis. If four I'm being of, Nebraska four to one. So far, they're off to a good start. So we'll see how they do.
0: They go well. Good for them for being you know a competent team that we can cheer for. So like some of the other teams but uh speaking of which i guess we have a few announcements to make make sure to follow us on twitter at shaken blake 312 make sure to follow the podcast the review like whatever you can wherever you are listening um i think we'll try to do another episode sunday john we haven't really talked but um i'm gonna be we could probably do our big 12 tournament preview depending on if we have that extra game um but we'll get to probably later on when we talk about the men's team but we'll just play it by ear Because I'm going to be pretty busy doing the Big 12 tournament. I got a job to work. So that's why it's more important for you to follow us on Twitter. Also, make sure to take our quizzes. So on Sporkle, we got to get round three sometime. I'll have to figure it out. And then we'll be, we're just playing it by ear on when we're going to debut our um, definitely, I'll have to rename it something besides the rewatchables because that's just what Bill Simmons does. And um, I probably should name it something different, but that's basically what we're going to be doing: rewatching old uh, various K-State games, going through some categories. I think that'll be a lot of fun once we get to that. Once we get to kind of like the dog days of uh, sports content, I see, I see first take in the morning, um, John. Whenever I'm at the gym, and it they're 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 having it pretty rough for content.
1: It's falling. I mean, it's not, it's much <laughs> nothing without a. Uh... Stephen A. Well, nothing without Skip Bayless, of course. Yeah, that's true. That's, well, that's That was pretty much the golden, the golden era of ESPN right there. But we, I mean, they just we, cannot find anybody uh, for Stephen A. Smith to argue against.
0: Yeah, we really did have the golden age really growing up in those middle school days. Stephen A. Rick, and Skip
1: going at it. We're getting to the point now where Stephen A. Smith is arguing against a brick wall or himself as a baby. Well the baby, you know, like the baby filter on Snapchat and something like that. Yeah. That's how it's been. I mean I mean I don't I don't really enjoy using this term, but man, they were down bad. They had nothing they had nothing happening.
0: Yeah, they really just I mean, because they mostly do NFL stuff really, because that's what draws the most attention, obviously. But um I saw this morning on Up. They talked about how uh, Andy Reid said Patrick Mahomes is better than like eating a jelly donut or something like that. It was on mute when I was watching it, but I couldn't imagine what they were talking about. Anyway, this has probably gone on too long. Let's talk about the women's basketball team, John. We've, we're avoiding more sadness, and I think we just have to take it head on, John. I mean, I'm just going to go right to you for your thoughts on this. Uh, if you didn't catch it on senior night last night, uh, the women's team lost 74-62, to 62, double OT in Bramlich. It was quite the game, John, um, but I mean, I'll just say, I think Jeff Muddy put it best at the end during the senior ceremony. They didn't play well, but they
1: sure as heck played hard. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, overall, it was just a lot of self-inflicted problems on K-State's part. I mean, K-State had every single opportunity uh, in that game, uh, especially with how well the defense played. Uh, taking a look at the stats here, uh, K-State, for the most part, uh, they forced twenty-two turnovers uh, against West Virginia, so a great defensive outing. But nonetheless, offense there was little to no offense on K-State's part, I mean they had it right in front of uh, K-State the opportunity to win this game, uh, and they just kind of make the shots that they could afford, and they just, uh, they just did not capitalize on on some of West Virginia's mistakes. So it, it was it was not a good look last night. Yeah,
0: I mean, for both teams, really
1: sloppy game.
0: 20 turn, 22 turnovers for K-State, 24 for West Virginia. I mean, oh, my goodness. And then, you know, on top of that, K-State has just a terrible start, cannot get it going inside or from three. They're just pretty – I mean, it's Serena Sundell and the Glenn Twins mostly just um, just jacking up threes, and it really couldn't get it going. They go down 19-7 to seven after the first quarter – they make a run in the second quarter. The third quarter is where they turn, really turned it around, John, and a lot of that was from the free throw shooting. There were a ton of fouls in the third quarter, um, and it, it got West Virginia into foul trouble, and it kind of helped us, you know, um, get that lead in the third quarter. <laughs> in the fourth quarter, I just, I'm just looking at this now, nine to seven, John. <laughs> it was, I mean, neither team could buy a bucket in the fourth quarter or two, the two overtimes. I mean, if, I
1: mean, if you – ignore the fourth quarter but overtime was just oh man overtime was just brutal uh on both teams parts but k-state especially you're looking at um, especially double overtime when west virginia had a seven and a seven oh run in the last two minutes and 17 seconds uh, k-state was scoreless for the last two minutes and 44 seconds i mean you gotta you gotta capitalize uh uh eventually i mean you may not have some shots early on but it's gotta get gotta be there and in case they just not was just not able to to close this game out um and and i mean six points in the first overtime is one thing but you only scored two points in second overtime but i mean that's just not going to win you not going to win you any type basketball games
0: I mean, it really is. We had all the chances in the world. If you watch the game into overtime, we had all the chances in the world to win this game. West Virginia could not hit a shot. And we had so many chances going down the stretch in overtime to really get, get the crowd behind them and take the lead and really just put this game away. We just could not do it. I mean, looking at the stats, you know, it was pretty much a two person show for West Virginia. Madison Smith had 22 points, um, seven of 18 from the field, a really good game from her. I mean, Esmeri Martinez, oh my goodness, John, 22 points, 19 rebounds, four steals, absolute monster game from her. For K-State, I mean, it was still tough for Aoka Lee. She was still feeling it physically. There was a lot of, um, you know, stuff happening down low, but she had of her first kind of Aoka Lee-esque game that we had, we've seen kind of in a while, 24 points on really good shooting, nine of 16 from the field. She had 10 rebounds as well. I mean it was it was it was good to see Aoka Lee start to kind of find a rhythm. She had a few tough shots. Um I think she started off uh, 7 of 7 from the field. She really helped us um in the first quarter and second quarter getting our offense going. But it was it was good nice to see her get going,
1: John. Well, I think eventually, well dating back to that uh, 61 point game against Oklahoma, I mean you kind of knew what you, you what you were going to give when I mean when uh, when you score 61, the whole the entire country is going to take notice of that. Uh I mean, but it, w- it was great early on for Ayoka Lee, but teams understand by that by, by, by doubling Ayoka at this point, we don't have enough talent around her to take true to t- truly take the advantage. And and it really showed last night. Uh, a lot a lot of respect to West Virginia, especially uh Nye Black who's who really uh, played some stellar defense against her at, at points in the game. So, uh, uh, Martina also had a really great game as well. You mentioned 22 points, 19 rebounds. I think, I think overall when she had the ball in her hands, K-State just had a hard time um, getting anything going defensively uh, against her uh, specifically. Yeah, I'm just doing the math right now. We were mentioning
0: Aoka Lee's 24 and 10, 9 of 16 from the field, which was really good and helpful. But the rest of the team combined was 10 of 45, John. That's 22%. And they just, they were just, I think the shot selection wasn't really there. We had absolutely terrible time with the dribble penetration. We took a ton of threes. What, how many threes did we take? 24, 4 of 24. Yeah. But I mean, it was, I mean,
1: I I mean four of 24, 16 points. K-State has just shown a lot of struggles as a late when it comes to when it comes to three-point shooting. I think K I think for the most part, K-State's just well, the reason why K-State's been getting it done is because of Aokaly. Uh you you definitely need to score some more points um inside the arc, uh for sure. Um, but I mean also when you're looking at the overall stats uh in terms of field goal shooting, 19 of 61. 31 percent at I mean I, I honestly don't know what to say on that part 24 31 I'm a free throw line K-State had some pretty good um, had some it wasn't the best free throw shooting but K-State got some when they needed it uh, when they need it the most uh, and then of course K-State got out rebounded 50 to 39 so offensively it was just it was just a rough one for, for K-State it, it was just Watching that game uh, on ESPN Plus, it was just really, really rough to watch. Yeah, but
0: you know, not because of the the broadcast, obviously. oh no, know, no, whoever was very... doing
1: whoever was doing the
0: broadcast, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, they did great, especially did... that, especially the 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 technical director. I think he did a good job. Whoever it is, I don't know who it would be, but like, <laughs> you know, not to humble brag or anything, but. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. You mentioned the free throws, John. I mean, K-State started out 2 of 8 in the first half from the free throw line. Could not get it done from the line. Then soon that big third quarter, 11 of 11, which is what really helped us take that quarter, On um, the third quarter, 21 to 12. But, I mean, John, I think we have to talk about, talk about Serena Sundell. She had, I mean, she had 49 minutes. I think she played her heart out but she had a really rough game, especially in overtime, three of 16 from the field, two of 10 from three. Um, She managed to make her free throws, but nine turnovers. And I think a lot of those really came in overtime. When she was driving, the passing lanes were all just, um, were all uh, plugged up and she would try to make a kick out and it just was never there for her. And I, I mean, I, I just feel, I honestly more just feel bad for her. I know she's a competitor. She's probably the big 12 freshman of the year. Um, it, I, I think I, you know, I think we got a shot of her at the end of the game. And I just, I mean, I, she, she, I think you could tell she was heartbroken and I, I just more feel bad for her. And I think she'll be able to bounce back from this.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, you add on a on the fact, it was, it was a senior night, especially for K-State. And I mean, you, you look at one of our seniors, Lauren Mackey, she did not have herself a good game, zero points, over three in terms of uh, shooting five rebounds. Um, for West Virginia, though, I mean, you look at the uh, amount of re- rebounding uh, on their part, 19 on Martinez, but they had more players uh, inside the paint uh, getting, um, dominating the boards uh, for West Virginia. K-State had, had uh, Emily Abbott with seven rebounds, uh, Serena Sundell with six, but I mean, minus that, K-State was, K-State just didn't really have anybody else. Uh, Rebecca Dallinger didn't have whole, a whole lot to ta- Taylor Lauterbach didn't contribute a whole lot either. It was just, I think, I mean, we've said all, all year, I mean, K-State's going to have to take take notice on some of these teams when they're going to go after a Yoko Lee, they're going to have to have others step up. Serena Sundell has definitely contributed uh, for sure. She's looking to be the freshman of the year, but like you said, uh, but I mean, you got you to have more production uh, when it comes to these games. It's kind of like we talked about with the men's at times with, with the likes of Mark Smith and Nigel Pack going off or pot- potentially Marquis Snowwell during one of those games, but case they just didn't have anybody else uh, contributing. I mean, that's not how you're going to win games when teams are really going after your start player.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't help the fact that I mean, two things that Aokali got in foul trouble early on in the second quarter. She picks up a uh, she picks up two fouls, I think, and then she also picks up her third with two minutes left uh, before halftime, which really hurt. Um, luckily, she didn't foul out of the game. She did a great job in the second half, not drawing fouls. And then the other part is when Briley Glenn goes down with a it looked like a pretty bad ankle injury, but in the second half, but she managed to you know. Um, recover from it. And actually it was able to go out and finish the game. So that was great to see. Um, She also got a bloody nose. Aoka Lee got a bloody nose too. I was telling you before maybe it's it's the, the, you know, the, the heat, it's the dry air, maybe, I don't know,
1: but it it did look like on Briley Glenn's part, she fell awkwardly uh, to the ground in pain. I'm uh, so glad she was able to uh, get back up uh, and Finish the game off. Uh, a lot of injuries on in West Virginia's part as well. Um, uh, dang it, I don't really rem— I don't remember who who got injured specifically in the final few minutes. But uh, nonetheless, it was just kind of an all around kind of an opportunity and a lot of distractions when it comes to shooting. Uh, health concerns. Uh, a lot of a lot of factors in which did not go K-State's way in a game in which K-State was probably heavily favored.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were eight and eight in the conference play coming into this game. They didn't have a ton of room to move up or down from sixth place. But if KU lost both their games, which they have a tough schedule remaining, um, what their last game's at Oklahoma. I'm trying to remember what the game before is. I think it's Texas. They have Texas and at Oklahoma, which are two tough teams. If KU had lost both of those. And then we had, you know, West Virginia at home last night and at TCU, which both seem like winnable games. That would have been huge for us to get into fifth place, which I think would have really helped and avoid playing possibly Oklahoma, who's the three seed right now, I believe. And that's, which is a pretty, I mean, we play them
1: pretty well, but it's still a tough matchup with a really good Oklahoma team. Well, I think putting things into consideration when you looked at um, how K-State's fared with some of these big 12 teams, I think K-State would be a little bit fortunate considering how well they've played against Oklahoma, consider, I mean, instead of having to play Texas, who would, who's, I believe is the fourth seed, uh, while is the fifth seed. So, I mean, that Val working, that could work in K-State's favor, but all around, you got to just play great, great basketball. Uh, you need a lot of contributors uh, on the team uh, to make some noise as well. Uh, we'll see how K-State wraps up a year with TCU on Saturday. Uh, I think TCU is la, la, uh, ranked last in the conference right now, um, so I, I, this one's most likely not going to have any excuses on K State's part, uh, especially with a loss. I mean, this one's this one as well. Uh, I mean, you probably have to be looking at is K State safe in the tournament at this point as well, considering how much, uh, how much, how much term, uh, how 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 much K State's been pretty much limping end of a tournament.
0: Yeah. This last stretch really doesn't help, but, um, I mean, I think if you look at the resume, no bad losses, I guess the Texas tech one doesn't count as a bad loss. It sort of is, but, um, at at TCU would probably be a bad loss, but considering some of the big quad one wins we have,
1: Oklahoma Baylor. You also got West Virginia. Now as a bad loss as well. Yeah. Uh, 14 and 13, I think, yeah, that's
0: not great. But they're still top 40 in the net. They have a pretty solid strength of schedule. Then uh, Cream has them as a seven seed, probably dropped to an eight now um, based on this loss. So, I mean, I think more big picture. I mean, you go to double overtime and you only put up 62 points. I mean, that is just really brutal. I think this at TCU game is not only important just to finish the season at 500 and go nine and nine and keep your sixth seed in the Big 12 tournament. But just for fans to see some really solid offensive play and and build some confidence going into the tournament, so maybe you can pull off an upset against an Oklahoma and make some noise and try and get yourself maybe back up to that seven or six seed, just generally, because it's been it's been it's been rough these last three games, even more
1: before that. I think just overall a confidence boost for K State uh, overall. I mean, it's just ever since Ayoko Lee scored sixty one points everybody's been locking her down and nobody else has really, well, Serena Sundell, of course, but nobody else has really had the, the type of shot they've been looking for. And when you can't get your shots going, it's going to, it's going to haunt you for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, since the 61 point game from Mayoka Lee, if I'm looking at this correctly, we've put only put up more than 70 points one time against Texas second home, we put up 82. We put up 69 against Oklahoma, which is obviously pretty respectable. Um, but, yeah, we really need to just find some sort of groove offensively going into the tournament because you you just hate to limp into not only the Big 12 tournament but the NCAA tournament kind of coming in on a low note when you're, you know, you're kind of hitting rock bottom really at the end of the season.
1: I think mean, you put it at best. I mean, this is probably, this is probably some of the worst – uh, Worst basketball we've seen from this team this season, uh, and it is and it is crucial at a time like this when you're looking at postseason play. I mean, this team looked like they were they could have been a fourth seed in the NCAA tournament, potentially hosting uh, the first two rounds in Manhattan. But uh, n- now you're possibly looking at an eight or nine, eight or nine seed in the tournament, uh, going to the likes of uh, Palo Alto. I mean, Stanford up there, South Carolina for a rematch, NC State, some of those schools like that. So let's see, let's hope K-State can finish off the season right. I mean, it'll probably come to the point where K-State's probably going to have to go to some of those top options at this point, but just to see if K-State can have a momentum factor, that'll be a big difference.
0: Yeah. I think that's just, yeah. Like you said, just like a confidence builder. I mean, I think it's really important in women's basketball to not be an eight or a nine seed because playing, if you have to, you know, win your first game and then you're playing a one seed in the second round. I mean, there are some like top, top basketball teams that are one seeds that you really want to avoid. And if you can get a seven seed, you'll have a way better matchup. But um, do you have any other thoughts, John, before we take a quick break? Uh,
1: Not particularly. I mean, if you, I'll I'll touch on this a little bit. Um, If you want to see the Cats play in Kansas City, I mean. Yeah. We can a Big 12 tournament. uh, There's your opportunity to go see a Leaf. whoever's living in the KC Metro. Um, There's your golden ticket right there of a Big 12 championship. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Just hoping for the best for K-State women's basketball, because they have gone through a lot of distractions as of late whether it's based on the team's chemistry at times. Uh, we, we, we've hit on it pretty hard when it comes to um, Jeff Mitty's wife at times with cancer, w- wishing nothing for the best uh, for them. Uh, but hoping K-State just ends, ends the regular season on a, on a brighter note uh, than what we've seen as of late. Yep, they end the season
0: um, at TCU March 5th at 1 p.m., um, I don't, is a list. Yeah. It's on big 12, on ESPN plus. So uh, make sure to check it out last, uh, regular season game for the cats. Hopefully I can finish it off with a win. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll hit on the, uh, men's basketball team on the shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back where this is, um, a show where we talk about losses Cause that's oh. all we've really been talking about the last couple of weeks, John, it's been tough. And we're here to talk about more losses. This one is a little more respectable now, you know, that we've kind of coped with the Iowa state loss and that are, and now we're adding extra games to buff up our NIT resume.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. That sounds like a, that sounds like a meme, but um, it was, if you didn't catch it with the, the boys traveled down to Lubbock to play Texas Tech in a pretty hostile atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere there, as always. But just couldn't quite get it done. Fall 73 to 68. Um, I mean, I'll just let you take it away, John.
1: Well, it's just kind of good. well, you, you mentioned it was a more respectable one in which K-State really had a lot of guys contributing on all parts. Um, and going, to, going into a place like Lubbock – uh, K-State came closer to beating the uh to beating them than uh, any other teams has this season in the arena. Uh, I mean K-State led for so for so much of that game and had several opportunities to control the final minutes, uh, About a late 6-0 run by Texas Tech in the last, last five minutes, uh last one minute, one minute, I think. Yeah, one minute. Uh they just made all the key plays down the stretch and uh emerged with the wins, but um uh, nonetheless, I mean, going into Lubbock at this point, I mean, we're a sellout crowd cheer for um, Mark Adams' team on Monday. I mean, getting so loud uh, during big runs that the environment uh, rivaled with what K-State encounters uh, when playing against KU. And that's saying a lot because Texas Tech, um, they, they barely didn't have any big crowds uh, a couple of years back. So. A uh, lot of respect to the Texas Tech crowd, but nonetheless, uh, I, think this is, I think this is probably one of K-State's best uh, best uh, performances, considering that, that the Cats lost at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one thing you can say is I think we've kind of kicked the slow start bug. We definitely have not had any slow starts to start out games. Um, it was great to see us. shoot did some shots. Sultan Miguel finally hit a three-pointer in Big 12 play. So oh, no. huge congratulations to him! It was kind of a big one too. Texas Tech had that big dunk; they were up forty six forty, and then Sal Miguel just like he he's like he's done it before. It's a nice three pointer. So, um, but yeah, I mean it's at four and double figures, John. And I think we've lost three in a row now. When we've had four and double figures, where we were six and one before, it's it's a weird thing that's happening. It's, I mean, we start. That's one thing we should talk about, John. We start out with the small ball lineup. And we go with it most of the way. I mean, Davion Bradford plays five minutes. We only play eight guys and Kasupky and Bradford get a combined 12 minutes. So we're pretty much rolling with six guys the entire game. And uh, it worked at first, but Davion Warren, Bryson Williams, John, they just absolutely went to work in the paint and they 36 points in the paint for them to only our 10. it, it, that's really, I mean, they didn't make a three pointer in the second half, John, and they, you know,
1: just the points in the paint is where they got it done. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Texas tech stats overall, four of 16 uh, from three point range, 25%. Uh, but overall it was in the paint where they really caught K state napping. I mean, Dave beyond wearing 23 points, Donovan Williams, 19 points, I did take a look at his stat. Allen for Texas Tech, he also had eight rebounds. And behind that, there's a, a whole slew of Red Raiders, five players uh, with four rebounds. And that's pretty impressive uh, considering how much K-State has. I mean, when you put that into uh, comparison with K-State's rebound rebounding margin, in which, I mean, overall it's gotten better uh, as the week's gone on, but it's not really been – too significant to say the least. I mean, Mark Smith had six rebounds, McGurl had five, but it just kind of falls off from there. Uh, so, I mean, if you had, if you probably had to look at one at one thing, especially it's definitely uh, Texas Tech just dominating uh, in the paint uh, as well as the be- uh, bench points as well, in which Texas Tech uh, outplayed the Cats 18 to four on that part. So, uh, it was just kind of a rough rough one to say, I mean, you're, you're going to have to see, I mean, K-State plays really good ball, but when there's just one factor that's not hitting your way and you just can't, uh, if you just can't capitalize on it, that's, that's just going to kind of result in a, a close loss in which we've seen all, countless times from this team.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've, we've definitely gotten used to it. I mean, another factor that we didn't have going our way, even coming into the game is we didn't have Marquise Noel, well, I think he uh, pulled his hamstring or something at the end of the Iowa state game, calling that timeout for the last place. So we didn't have him going in, which is part of the reason we mostly just went with six guys went to the small ball starting five, but I mean, you really got to give credit to Mike McGirl, Selton to go. They really stepped up and filled in for Marquise Noel, 18 points from McGurl, um, three of eight from three. I mean, he had some really tough shots. He managed to get five boards as well, which was second on the team to Mark Smith. So, I mean, all around a really good performance from Mike McGirl um, you really, really love to see it for his last, you know, two games. You know, he's got a senior night coming up. Um, in regular season play,
1: well, play, and then potentially that makeup game as well. But that I is true. Yeah, Mike McGurl, This was far and away the best player on the on the team in Lubbock uh, on Monday night. He scored a team high eighteen points, grabbed five rebounds, dished two, uh, dished out two assists. Uh, he also came up with several key defensive plays. I mean, Bruce Weber's oldest guy on the court, he gave K-State an early boost uh, by draining three shots uh, from beyond the arc and stayed aggressive for the rest of the way. I mean, he was really – it was really good. Coach Weber refused to take him up a floor. He played a full 40 minutes. I mean, that is – that is—that when it's late in the season, he's really been contributing for K-State because he knows it's possibly his final run uh, uh, in terms of his final few games. Yeah, I mean,
0: he he really played his butt off. And then Seldon Miguel as well. I mean, people have been talking kind of trash on Seldon Miguel on Twitter. I've seen sometimes. But, I mean, he, the jump shot hasn't always been there. But I think he brings a really unique skill set in terms of a driving ability. He make, he can make some really tough shots. He, he likes to take unique angles to the basket, you know, doing some of the hook stuff. It's I mean, it's kind of it's something you don't really see a lot from players but he'll kind of sneak up on you with 14 points and you know he kind of fills in the gaps of this K-State team especially when we really need it without Marquise Noel you know Nigel back with 13 Mark Smith with 11 but I mean John the thing that really sticks out to me and what really I think had us missing Marquise Noel was the distribution I mean we were able to hit some really tough shots and stop the uh, you know some tech runs but seven assists on 21 field goals I mean that's that's just not really going to cut it. Passing has not been this team's kind of forte, but I think you really need to get the ball moving. That's where he really missed
1: Marquise Noel. I mean, going back to the last game against Texas Tech in Manhattan, uh, he was the MVP when K-State beat Texas Tech early in the season. When he had seven points, nine assists, and five steals. K-State could have really used them late uh, when Texas Tech ramped up their defensive pressure and it made it a more extremely difficult for anyone to drive towards the basket uh, late in the contest. So,
0: Yet another what-if to add to the many what-ifs of the season. It's, it,
1: it's another what-if, and it, it seems as if K-State ha- would have a difficult time playing without its point guard, but it did got by, but it did get by with a uh, starting line that consisted of Pack, McGurl, Miguel Smith and Masood, uh, they actually jumped out to a twenty three to fourteen lead, thanks to some early three pointers um, from both from both players. So, I think uh, if 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 uh, Noel does play against Oklahoma on Saturday, uh, you add him to a potential contributor as well. Uh, this team could could go possibly a long way uh, in terms of Saturday, from what we've been seeing as a play. So, uh, so you mentioned that
0: uh, K-State uh, K was up 23-14, but they go down to the end of the half, down 39-31. I mean, Tech goes on a 25-8 to run to end that first half, which was really brutal. I mean, that was when they started really attacking the paint, um, really be getting physical on defense, and it really messed up our guards. But, we, I mean, we stayed poised in the second half. We made some tough shots. Um, but, I mean, coming down the stretch, I mean – John, I think we got to talk about it. Uh, we uh, woo, Bruce Weber. Uh, we're talking about the officiating, by the way. It was Bruce oh, yeah. Weber had some very great comments. I'm probably gonna throw them in here because they were just. I mean, they were just peak Bruce Weber. It was my favorite thing. So I'm probably gonna throw them in right here.
1: Obviously, some calls down the stretch. I I I just watched them. Um, uh, you guys, I hope you watch them, and I hope you say something because I can't. I think you can say you watched it if you guys got, I, I watched it and I, and I I don't understand it I watched it in the game I didn't understand it and I watched it on the video I don't understand it so um, and if you really study and, and look at the slow motion of Nigel's shot I think you'll see something too I guess there's a I didn't understand I'm not going to say anything but Okay.
0: Uh, it seems like there's a theme in these last couple of games when you get the ball to Nigel late, the other team realizes the refs aren't going to call fouls. They put a lot of defensive pressure on them. Oh, really? And do you? Oh, do you, is there? Yeah, he he put it best. It's. I mean, we're definitely going to say something about it, John. We're
1: going to say those last, especially yeah. those
0: last two calls. Oh, yeah. There was a bunch I, I of. There, a lot, Especially-
1: a lot, a lot of K State fans on Twitter were livid. I mean, this was one of—I mean, like I've said, this is one of the best efforts all, all all season from an all-around team contribution, and yet part of the reason we're here today is because some of the questioning officiating calls that took place in the final minute of a contest. I mean, the jump ball foul going against Mike McGraw was definitely questionable. I mean, Nigel Pack wanted a foul uh on his on his late uh, three-pointer, uh. I mean, what about Davion Warren pushing uh, something Miguel off to a clear space for his league gaining shot? I mean, the next time there is accountability will be the first time there is accountability from a K-State fan perspective <laughs> in a long time. I mean, I was not happy. Now I am going to uh, mention what you did say uh, when it comes to not capitalizing in these late game uh, situations was officiating bad. Yes. I mean, we, it was really bad when isn't it bad and when doesn't the ranked home team get the edge never uh with, with that being said two field goals in the last 10 minutes is why brusque ball doesn't win these closed games uh, k-state K- failed to make a field goal over the last three minutes and 55 seconds and the cats are looking uh for thanks to Lament uh lament uh, uh they've could point uh make a point to that and a handful of fast break attempts uh that they failed to finish through uh physically uh when it comes to challenges up a rim. I mean they could also acknowledge a uh, failure to execute offensively at the end of both halves, uh, where the uh, red raiders outscored them by a combined of eighteen to zip zero, uh before the two buzzers. I mean if you're if you're looking at if you're looking at moral victories, but like I touched on it before, uh, this is the closest K-State has been well, – this is the closest a team has been against uh, Texas Tech on their home court. But I think at this point now we're, we're past moral victories.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, th- I think you made a great point there. I mean, I think great teams don't rely on <laughs> good officiating. I think the, the McGraw call was worth in the pack call. But either way, when you're down um, – you know, when you're down and you need a shot – you're just basically doing a pack ISO and he just pulls up from 25. I mean, I'm not sure what they had dialed up or anything like that. I don't know if PAC saw something and went, you know, just off script, but the fact that it's, I mean, if it was the first time, we'd maybe give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's something we've seen over his 10 years over and over and over again. And I think eventually, you know, I think fans are just, you know, fed up with getting, you know, outcoached in the last minute of games. Well,
1: I mean, this, You look back at the, what is it, the Iowa State game, uh, Oklahoma State game, uh, where K-State just had a lot of opportunities to win that game, to win those games, but they just couldn't finish uh, in the last seconds uh, because of poor offensive execution down the stretch. I mean, it's been a season of not quite, and not quite is just, from a lot of fans, not good enough. I mean, if you... K State's record in game decide by five points or less this season is four and eight. I mean, if you if you've left those results, K State would have been a terminate terminate team, the tournament team, plain and simple. <laughs> uh, uh, for the most part, the offensive execution was just simply due to the coaching in the crunch time situation that we've been way too familiar with under, the Bruce Weber era at this point. I, I mean. It's coming to a point where I truly hope this group stays together because they are clearly very close to being successful. But the coaching decisions at at times were the main factor, K-State were the main factors why K-State's in this position right now. And it's just not going to slide uh, with fans now that the only tournament chances reside in the T-Mobile Center next week. So it was just really disappointing so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, John, we made fun of Nebraska during the football season for being a three and nine team that like every game was decided by a touchdown or less and they might have, and their point differential was zero. And then the K-State basketball team is four and eight in games decided by five points or less. We're basically like that. It's, it's, it's quite depressing. Is Bruce Weber never, I was, never mind. I was going to compare Bruce Weber to Scott Frost, but. We probably shouldn't do that. We should probably talk about the um the uh makeup game that is possible according to uh Derek Young over at KSO um Monday against it seems northern Illinois is the possibility. And the main point of it is just to beef up the uh, NIT resume so maybe we can have a winning record um and get a spot there. So I mean, I don't know if you have anything else to say about it, John, but um
1: well. I'll say, I'll say two things. Uh, I'll, I'll start up with the Northern Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois conversation. Uh, I, I'd say the Northern Illinois game. I mean, we, we kind of, we, I mean, it's probably set in stone at this point that we're probably seeing the last few uh, coaching uh, coaching games of uh, Bruce Weber leading the team. So, I mean, my, my advice to everybody uh, who is complaining is while you, while you might be a little bit embarrassed at K-State's, do uh having a makeup game against Northern Illinois, of all teams, uh, possibly cherish the chance to keep watching Nig- Nigel Pack, Marquise Noel, Mark Smith, and Mike McGurl for a couple more games because it may be the last time you will.
0: Yeah, I mean we got senior night in Bramlage. I mean don't say Nigel Pack, John. Oh, you can't do this, but it is senior night on, on Saturday. Uh, Mike McGirl, uh Mark Smith, Drew Honus, I believe are the three seniors who'll be honored. So,
1: yeah, I mean a cool. long. Story, history with Mike McGraw, for sure. And well, I, I didn't think we touched on this earlier, but when you look at the Big 12 implications. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah, we need to touch on that. This is a must win for K-State if they want to get uh, to a sixth seat potentially in the Big 12 tournament as well. Iowa State lost yesterday 53 to 36. 36 points, man. That's just <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so Yikes. So a loss for Iowa State, and they would pop, probably move back to the um, seventh seed uh, if they lose to Baylor on Saturday. And if K K-State win over Oklahoma, that could put the Cats up to a six seed because when you look at some of the major factors, when you're looking at how these two teams competed against the other top four teams in the Big 12, uh, you look at the road games is, uh, from what I'm seeing, uh, K-State has a road win in Austin against Texas. Iowa State does not. That that eventually will be the deciding factor. So I think it's plain and simple at this point, really. If K-State beats Oklahoma, they're probably going to be sixth place. I, I don't see how Baylor's gonna lose to Iowa State, especially considering uh, now that they have a shot to win the Big Twelve with how bad Kansas has, has looked this week. Uh, I mean, if you if you don't win, then you're probably eighth place playing in the playing game on Wednesday. Yeah, and you really
0: do not want to be in that situation. Yeah, winning gets sixth place. But, I mean, you mentioned it, John. I think the one shining light in a week of misery has been the fact that KU is right there with us, yeah. losing two in a row, especially to yeah. TCU. <laughs> that, was,
1: that was music to my ears. I mean, I like, know more about how bad the commentators were at, at that game. Uh, man, Kansas has just not looked – uh, as consistent as, as they have um, when they played K State in some of the early some of these games before they got up to the Baylor and TCU games. I mean I know he's just not been uh, as consistent. Uh, he, they probably need him to score 15 plus uh, for them to win the game. Uh, Dave McCormick he's been pretty inconsistent as well. It was just a rough outing TCU was just overall a better team. They play they play on Thursday night as well much which while, which while we're doing this is tonight so uh, it's it's gonna so possibly a payback game for KU but, but they'll, they'll need a win in order to keep their big 12 championship championship hopes alive and uh, yeah it's just still still a lot to decide on uh, in terms of seeding for the big 12 tournament
0: yeah I mean you'd think Bill self would have a squad uh, a little motivated after losing two in a row like that and you're playing the same team again two days later. I mean, you'd think, you'd think they'd be ready. You'd think they'd be ready. But, um, John, I just got one other thing to hit on. I want to talk about Nigel Pack a little bit. Um, I just want to say I think I've been seeing some hate on his defense on Twitter, which I think is just completely unfair. I think he plays – I mean, I think people would just think that since he's like a, a scoring guard who's kind of short that he just doesn't play defense. But I think if you watch this team and watch Nigel Pack, he's. I think he's a really good defender. I mean, he has that block on Taz Sherman. He had a couple of really big defensive plays in the Iowa State game, and I think it's just a completely unfair thing to say, especially with people talking about, you know, possibly transferring and stuff, and they're, like, just trying. It just seems so weird to me, John. It doesn't make any sense to try and hit on Nigel Pack in his defense when he's obviously a really good defender.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the defense, I mean, the defense, for the most part, is pretty much overshadowed by what he's done offensively uh, for K-State. Uh, I I think overall, when you're looking at the defense, uh, the product that overall, but the K State defense has put on the court the last couple of games, it's been lagging a little bit. Uh, well, espe well, but especially when you have Mar- uh, Nigel Pack playing uh, as another point guard for the team, when you compare that to Marquise Noel, you you probably know w- who's going to benefit when it comes to playing more aggressive defense. And Marquise Noel. So not it's not necessarily that he's playing bad defense. It's just he's just he's not really getting as much uh done when it comes to defense as um the likes of Marquise Noel and some of some of the other guys, something Selton Miguel to name another one as well. So um I don't really honestly know where you're getting where you're getting that from Twitter, but not nonetheless it was Nonetheless, uh, I've if, seen
0: it. I can guarantee you, I've seen it. There's been a see,
1: when you when K State's playing defense at its best, they're they're going to they're going to be in in these type of contests for sure. Yeah, I
0: mean, I just wanted to throw that out there because obviously, I mean, I, Bruce is probably not going to put him on on you know the other team's best player because he needs to save his energy for offense. But I I thought it was just something completely unfair to take away from Nigel Pack. And then uh, one other thing I would also from Twitter. I'm sure you probably saw this, but uh, Grant Flanders said that he thought Nigel Pack um, is going to go down the end of his career here at K-State as the greatest Wildcat since Michael Beasley. And then, obviously, the first thing that comes to your mind, I'm sure, is, you know, what about Jacob Pullen? So, I just wondered what, uh,
1: what your thoughts on that were, John? Well, I think when you're I'm kind of thinking of a potential uh, Mount Rushmore. We we did this yeah. back, uh, last fall. I think if Nigel Patt does tend to stay at K State, I mean, you you definitely have to put put that into consideration with the way he's been playing. Uh, he he, well, let's. Well, I'm not the first one to say he's going to be. He deserves heavily to be on the first um first team All Big Twelve uh, for sure with the way he's done in all these games. Uh, you may have a few a few games where at times he's not playing at his best. That's and that's just what a lot of great defenses getting up on him, uh, with like the Texas tech game back on Monday, but considering that Nigel pack has really been the leading barrier for this team, even when it comes to these close losses, that just shows how the amount of dedication there is, uh, in terms of who, uh, of how much he wants to win for this team. Um, we'll see how, how much of, how much that comes into play, uh, after the, after the, after the off season, um because there's not really a whole lot of guarantees about what's going to happen. Yeah there's, the most-
0: def- I mean, yeah, there's a lot to be decided. I mean, um, so Jacob Poland is obviously the all-time leading scorer at K-State with 2,100 points. Nigel Pack currently, through almost two seasons, has uh, about 782. Uh, he averaged 13 points uh, last year, and he's averaging about 18 this year. So, I mean, on that, you know, he's on track to get top 10 for sure. Dean Wade's number 10 right now with 1,500. But, I mean, this is a guy who's continuing to get better. And in a year where we have really struggled, he has tried his hardest to put this team on his back, and I think he deserves the recognition for it. Um, I think the one thing that would be holding him back if he wanted to do the Mount Rushmore thing would just be, you know, success in his career so far. But it's only his first two years. I just wanted to hit on that quickly because I saw it on Twitter. And I thought I think, it'd be interesting to talk about, but it's a conversation for later. I think.
1: Well, I think when you're talking about Mount Rushmore for this season, he's definitely one of a cream of a crop. Yeah, yeah. Like you're putting the higher, higher. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's definitely up there. You have a Yoka Lee, uh, Deuce Vaughn, uh, uh, Aaliyah Carter from a volleyball team. Yeah. Uh, when she's playing well. Um, he's, he definitely deserves to be up there with, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I just hope in the long run, I'm, I'm going to have to, like, I'm just going to have to say it, I, I just hope he stays at K-State uh, for the long run because I think he can go a long way for not only his career, uh, but in terms of how he would do more so at K-State compared to some of the other teams where he could potentially have less opportunities.
0: Yeah, especially given his size as well. I think that would help. But I think I think he's the type of guy who's going to stick around for the long haul. I think he believes in this team. Um, obviously I'm not going to speak for him, but I, I really hope he stays too. So um, I think that's a good place to put it. Obviously, come out to Bramlage on Saturday for senior night. You know, this is the last time you're going to see McGurl and Mark Smith, you know, play for K-State. Maybe Mark Smith can just casually get one more double-double for us um and hopefully we get another great game from a girl i mean we had a great game against oklahoma last year john and um i mean i would just love to see you know uh this team end the regular season at least with a win at least you know something you know to put a smile on our faces at least after a couple weeks of dread
1: and to maybe put us at a well back to the big 12 tournament conversation put yeah. us as, as a sixth seed and go up against texas tech in which i honestly think that's probably K-State's best opportunity for a win in the uh, quarterfinals if that does uh, happen to be the case because we've seen it throughout throughout this season how good Baylor is when playing K-State, how good Kansas is. They just have the bigger guys overall. Yeah. Texas has some big guys, but they at times they've just been really inconsistent, especially from behind the arc. And it's obviously
0: a team that we match up with pretty well. So I think – we would manage to get lucky, but I mean, all you can do is just win the game that's in front of you and control what you can control. And we right. got to get a win on Saturday. That's how We yeah. just got to take care of business, especially at home on senior night. So, I mean, love to send these it's guys off right?
1: Northern Illinois on Monday. If we win that one. Oh, yeah.
0: I always keep forgetting about that, but yeah, hopefully we can, get yeah. Another good confidence builder before the big 12 tournament as well. So uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for our uh, recap. Baseball. Baseball baseball well we'll take we'll take just an eensy weensy quick break and then hit on some baseball and we're back john um more losses um this is this is a show again where we just talk about our favorite teams losing games that they should win well except except they didn't win one game that they should win john i guess we could head on that well the baseball team actually bounced back got their first win of the season they won eight to two sunday it's Cal State Bakersfield. Got the offensive groove going a little bit. Uh, Dylan Phillips manages to—he uh, got two home runs, correct? If I'm looking, yeah, he does two home runs. So I um, mean, he's
1: getting closer to the. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Got two home runs with two runners on base. Um, it was—it was a—it was, was one of the key players we needed in order to be successful that day. Um, so a big win for the Cats. You—you you want to mention on the Dylan Phillips' part?
0: Yeah, what I just I think he's getting closer to uh taking the lead for all-time home runs, I believe at K-State. He's definitely getting awesome.
1: close. Yeah, he back at the program, but yeah. I, I think that I think that is the case. Yeah, he's uh, getting as well. Yeah, as we get closer
0: to them coming to Toyton, we'll have to keep our eyes on that. But again, this is a show where we talk about losses and um more we more just, losses on the way. Still in it, still chilling in Cali. There's us. Are you familiar with the uh the phoenix flu John? I am not okay, so based on what I've heard is that um when n b a teams travel to Phoenix the night before they party like really hard, so then they're really hung over the next day so they play bad and that's what we- that's what's called the phoenix flu okay,
1: and I don't, uh, I, I don't I don't know if Fullerton California is. <laughs> described as the ultimate party school uh that you're trying to point it out to me i mean I, it's in the la area but i i've been my way around la and i don't know if i'd consider fullerton as the ultimate party school but i guess la is a pretty big town i was just thinking
0: listen just being a little kansas boy when you're in you know socal i just think the entire place is dope but anyway i just look I, like
1: I it, it looks like a a different country compared to, compared to Manhattan, Kansas of all places, but uh, especially the, place, especially
0: price in terms of cost of living. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness.
1: Don't get me started. Uh, price for gas as well. Don't just, oh my goodness. Obviously just, there's
0: some extenuating circumstances with that, but still, oof, man,
1: the epitome of brutality. Oh my gosh. Uh, the back cat struggled early, but a five run six, six inning gave him, Gave K-State a 5-4 lead against Cal State Fullerton. But a three-run eighth inning from Fullerton was enough to doom the Cats to yet another loss. Following 7-5 to uh, to the Titans, K-State's now 1-6 and this season. uh, We're again plagued by poor base running discipline, plate discipline, uh, and a lot of errors in the loss. K-State was able to put up 10 hits, uh, but eight of them came in the outburst of a sixth inning. That included a three RBI double by Nick Goodwin. Uh, junior left, lefty Wesley Moore started the game on the mound for the Cats and managed just an inning and two-thirds while giving up three runs. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, the loss went to Gr- Griffin Hassel, who pitched two and one-third, uh, and he was pretty, probably responsible for the tying and go-ahead runs in the eighth inning uh, just to solidify K-State's loss. Yep. It's I mean, it's a tough
0: one. We talked about the bullpen in the State Farm uh, College Baseball Showdown. and there would be a problem and it, it rears its ugly head again. I mean, I don't really know what to say, John. It's just one in six. I mean, it's really tough. These are obviously going to come back to haunt us if we want to have any sort of tournament hopes in a really pretty tough big 12. These losses hurt. Um, they're oh. still in Cali for three more games against Loyola Marymount. And then um, they make their debut at Toynton Family Stadium uh, Tuesday, March 8th against Nebraska. So, I mean, hopefully they can start to get it going, John. Uh, baseball's a, – it's a long season. Baseball's got highs and lows, but you hate to start out like this.
1: Let's not forget that Cal State Fullerton historically has been one of the top overall blue bloods uh, in, co- in the world of college baseball but you 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 mention it right right on the pan right there. Uh, one and six is just not the hottest start if you want to potentially be a tournament team by the end of the season. Uh, K State should have no should have no excuses. Um, playing against lo- a terrible Loyola Marymount team. Uh, this weekend anything less anything less than a uh, than a sweep or a uh, two two win two win uh. I'm trying to, to win, to win series. Is it is it just what's called? Yeah, I guess you would call it that. Anything less than that would just be extremely disappointing on, on, on K-State's part, especially considering right afterwards you got a top 25 Nebraska team coming in uh, to Toyton family stadium on Tuesday. So it's going to be a long season. You, you gotta, you gotta fix rotations at times, but we'll see how K-State manages to get through this weekend and, to wrap up uh, their little trip through the land of California.
0: Yep, I mean you mentioned it. Yeah, just get get you some wins against Loyola Marymount, build your confidence, get the offense going. You know, hopefully, McCullough, Blake Adams, the bullpen all have uh, some good performances before you debut in Toynton Family Stadium. So, I mean, you know, I don't have a ton to say, John. I think we'll definitely go a lot more in depth with this team as they go into the season, especially once they start playing at Toynton, I think you know. Once you're, the people are able to come out and watch this team live, I think it'll be more fun to talk about. Yep. But, I mean, do you got anything more to say, John, before we uh, ski-daddle?
1: For the K-State fans, just make sure you have your heads held high. <laughs> We've been through a lot of hills and valleys this season. No pun intended because Manhattan has hills and valleys as well. Uh, but nonetheless, um, the – this none of these sports teams uh, would be competing at the highest level without the fan support. So do do your best, especially uh, now that senior that senior night is on the horizon for the men's team. Uh, be sure to show up for for uh, Mike McGirl, Mark Smith, who have poured all they can uh, into this. Uh, into the K State basketball program, it's going to go a long way potentially, especially with the win over Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Make sure to come out and support on Saturday, Brownlush Coliseum against Oklahoma. We did it last year against Oklahoma. Hopefully, we can do it again, especially you mentioned with the Big 12 tournament implications. Last
1: time, last time <laughs> Oklahoma beat K State and Manhattan, I believe, was I want to say 2010, oh but I could, be, I could be wrong. It's been a long time, but. Lon Kruger, he he he's not had a he's did not have his success uh, when playing in Manhattan. Well, uh, uh, coaching for Oklahoma, I should say, uh, he's had a lot of success at K State, but not 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 to be K State in, Man- in Manhattan. So we'll yeah. see what Porter does with his Sooners uh, on yep. Saturday. Yep.
0: It should be a good one. Yeah. Make sure
1: to come out, but, uh,
0: I think John, that's going to do it for us. Uh, you yeah, make sure you're following us on Twitter at 312 All our personal social media links will be in the description as well as our Sparkle quizzes and, uh, everything, whatever else I put down there. So, uh, thank you so much for listening for, uh, Drove, I've
1: been Blake Crawford. Uh, have a good rest of your day and catch by emo 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 now.